box is locked. The lights are on. It is JoJo fighting time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to uh, Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die, episode three. Man, I, I really can't believe it's already episode three and we're already to this point of JoJo. <laughs> My name is Grant. That person just talking is Chip. And we are here to talk about the uh, final third, uh, episode 789, concluding part one phantom blood phantom blood the the names of the parts of jojo i could say them all right now and it doesn't matter because the titles have nothing to do with anything regarding their story generally i mean there there is a through line between blood and vampires but i don't know what sure. phantom has to do with anything i don't think i literally don't think there are any phantoms in this pretty sure <laughs> unless i'm somehow forgetting the thing i just watched a few days ago no phantoms so uh, let's get right to it with episode seven, Sorrowful Successor. Uh, I, I wonder if it's also alliterative in Japanese. I can only hope. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We ended episode six with Baron Zeppeli uh, striding forward, wondering, is this the day that I was prophesied to die? <laughs> yeah. uh, so we immediately flash back to Tibet in 1863 <laughs> and find out that, yes, it very definitely is. Yep. So, so yeah, it's a younger Zeppeli training with Master Tom Petty slash Tom mm-hmm. Petty. I like the training they're doing on the very high up above the temple in this mountain range where they're just balancing on these really thin ropes. Yeah, you say high, but uh, judging by the height of the temple and the perspective, <laughs> they're about two miles okay, in the air. Yeah, yeah, they are higher than any building has ever been built. Yeah, I actually just scrolled back to that part to see how high, and it's, yeah, they're... <laughs> It's very high. They're building a space elevator. They're they're approaching you know, orbit. Maybe they're that high up to to challenge the breathing for hormone because it's ah, there's because so the much, air such is so air. thin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah. there you go. Disappointed that uh, uh, Baron Zeppeli does not have a mustache at this age. Kind of sad. Oh yeah, he looks so different without it. But the the point of this scene, the the thing that actually happens in it, right. is uh, uh, Zeppeli is demanding uh, to know more about this prophecy of his death, and Tanpati's like, "Okay, fine. Here's how it's going to go down." And he describes exactly what has happened <laughs> leading up to this point, down to Poco crawling through the window. Yep. Yeah, like Chow will open the way for you, and 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 he's gonna unchain a lion to the future of his destiny, or something like that. <laughs> I guess JoJo's a lion now. JoJo's a lion. He's a JoJo lion. He's a, oh hey yeah part yeah. eight. I don't even I don't know what's going on in part eight. I all I know is uh, the name really. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's a very it's a much more specific prophecy than we were led to believe, and Zeppelin yeah. is definitely about to die. Yeah, it's like the first time I watched this, I really thought like, okay, he's going get, to get some vague prophecy that vaguely lines up with like a lot of things he'll encounter in his life when he's fighting vampires all the time. But like, no, 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 <laughs> no, he's going to die. He's going to die. Uh, so let's get back to the present. And it's time for him going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he tries to impress everyone with his, his acrobatics. He does some tumbling passes to dodge uh, Tarkus's, Tarukus's strikes. Yeah. You'd think with the, the prophecy of Zeppeli, like, gonna eat it in this fight, that he's gonna go out, like, at least doing something, like, really fucking cool and defeating Tarukus, but... That is not the case. <laughs> he gets owned very quickly. Uh, Tarukus just... 
he leaps above him and Zeppeli is just thinking, oh no, an attack from above? And then Jojo is saying, oh no, attack from below. And Taruka's is like, you're both right. It's both. He calls it his heaven snake kill. I call it wrapping a chain around a guy. <laughs> yeah, he just wraps. He wraps his chain around Zeppeli. The, the chain that is binding his neck to Jojo's. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you'll recall. Yeah, through the ceiling. So, yeah, it gets wrapped around Zeppeli. Uh, one of his arms gets pinned to his side. He yanks down on the... Uh, Tarukas yanks down on the chain. So now Jojo is being pulled all the way up. So his head is hitting the ceiling really hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just pulls on the chain really hard. And oops, Zeppeli's in two pieces now. Yeah. Three, if you count the, the severed arm. Yeah, because yeah, the pinned arm gets cut in half as well. Uh, and yeah, Zeppeli just fucking eats it. Like, like if, if you've ever used uh, uh, like dental floss to precisely cut Play-Doh or something, <laughs> that is exactly what happens to the body of Baron Zeppeli. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, like, it's censored the Netflix version, but it's pretty gory. It's uh, pretty messed up. Uh, also, the, the camera's really focused on uh, Speedwagon's reactions. Yes. And Robert E.O. Speedwagon has not had a particularly close relationship with Baron Zeppeli. I don't know why this choice was made. Again, it's it's just... Uh... It's his natural empathy, yeah. I guess. It's so funny that like Speedwagon was like a mugger willing to like cut people to death with his knife hat when... <laughs> He he's just like so in tune with like just, he's just so empathetic with people. He's got uh, a big heart, that boy. He as he says, and is the only thing he ever really does is that he's a great judge of characters. So I guess he was just also struck immediately by Zeppeli as being a great man or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, he screams a lot. <laughs> it cuts back to his face like three times. And I'm thinking, oh, there's no way Zeppeli is dead. This was way too anticlimactic a death. Yes. It can't be the real death. It's the real death, eventually. Eventually. Um, Zeppeli does get to do, do like, something. But, yeah, after uh, Zeppeli's, like, three chunks fall to the ground, like, uh, Jojo <laughs> falls to the ground, too, because when he got yanked up and, and hit his head really hard in the ceiling, uh, his he also got his neck got broken. Yes. And Tarukas thinks he doesn't have any use for being clever. Come on. Yeah. Come Selling on. The, yourself the, short, Tarukas. The chain thing? Great idea. Like, there was planning in that. Like, he went, aha, I know what this place <laughs> is. I am going to the, the chain deathmatch room and lie in wait for them. That's planning. That's, that's cleverness. Come on. So Tarukas, you know, concludes that they're both dead. But Jojo is able to, you know, takes like a sharp intake of breath. He's not actually dead yet, despite having a broken neck. And while uh, Trukas is getting ready to kill Jojo, Zeppeli is also still alive. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. Uh, and he, he slowly crawls over to Jojo. You know, he goes, okay, here goes. This is my ultimate technique. Uh, and I got to <laughs> look up the, uh, <laughs> the name for his ultimate te- technique here. Yeah, while holding Jojo's hand. Uh, he basically transfers all of the hormone left in his body into Jojo. How it, are you hormoning? Your lungs are eight feet away. <laughs> what are you doing? It's his ultimate deep pass overdrive. Uh, so yeah, basically, he shoots all of his hormone from his body into Jojo. While he's doing this, his hair goes from you know being black and and, you know, and still colored, and, and it goes gray, um, like the life force is draining out of him or whatever. And Jojo's body swells even thicker. He gets even thicker and his shirt rips off. It just fucking flies off his body. (laughs) 
Uh, I love that uh, part. So yeah, one more thing about Hamon they forgot to tell us is that sometimes it's the Highlander quickening. <laughs> <laughs> when there's a lot of Hamon, I guess it is just the quickening, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so from from here on out, uh, uh, the rest of the fight, Jojo is supercharged. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, his hamon is not only doubled but multiplied several times over. It's visible. And this this is just Neo in the subway, right? Like he has yeah. ascended to another level. He is untouchable. Yep, that's basically what this is. Jojo is now so strong that he's able to one pull on the chain so hard that he lifts Tarukus into the air, and mm-hmm. then uh. Tr- while Taruka says, even I can't break that steel collar around your neck, Jojo just snaps it right off his damn neck. <laughs> uh, Jojo is super pissed, you know, wants to immediately avenge Zephyli. He chops Taruka's arm off with the single chop. Mm-hmm. I really like the part where uh, Taruka gets really pissed. And so Taruka, most of his teeth are just fangs now. He has yes. very few normal people teeth. Um, but he gets so pissed off that he clenches his teeth and the two front fangs, he just snaps right off and then then spits spits them at Jojo's face really hard. (laughs) It's, it's not a particularly effective super move. Uh, No, like it just, they just stab into Jojo's cheek. And I mean, like, it looks like it hurts like hell, but it doesn't really do much to a super powered anime man. You saw what he did to his own hands with the ice earlier, right? Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Jojo just brushes that tooth attack off and just fucking <laughs> punches uh, Tarukas in the head and just melts him into nothing. The end. The end. Tarukas done. Uh, so so now it is time to grieve our, our still not dead. Still not dead. <laughs> uh, mentor figure. Uh, I think it's Speedwagon who cries out, this is all so terribly wrong. Like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> but yeah, Zeppeli is like visibly older now white hair he's got like mm-hmm. his, his wrinkles and all that he he uh, lets out some some really wise words considering his body's in three pieces and he <laughs> aged 30 years in a minute <laughs> yeah he he's basically telling jojo like you know you have to carry on my life's work uh mm-hmm. he, he brings up that he left a wife and child behind to and pursue. that he never regretted it <laughs> yeah and he was just like despite that i don't regret doing this <laughs> you're my real son special hero boy yeah i i did tell my wife to fuck right off and i'm proud <laughs> tom petty never told me that my son was a lion now you on the <laughs> other hand and and the great irony is that if, if uh zeppeli were made of flowers then jojo could like fix them right up he'd be fine yeah but no he is made of meat yeah i always i always wonder because you know hamon can restore wounds but it can't really like glue arms back together or anything like that <laughs> um but i do wonder like if jojo could also do deep pass overdrive could he just send the life force back into zeppeli and he would be <laughs> good or <laughs> i don't know well he he never learned that one from tom tom petty i guess so yeah so uh as zeppeli passes we get uh, a book report from the narrator I didn't really ask for. <laughs> I love the narrator in in part one, just because he also just chimes in a lot of the time when he doesn't need to. <laughs> but yeah, Dio. So Dio's already found him, like a nice castle, Dracula castle to live in. 
No, no, no. I want to talk more about uh, uh, <laughs> the death scene. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Because <laughs> specifically, the, the narrator chimes in with a quote from William Makepeace Thackeray. That's right. Yeah, who, who wrote Vanity Fair and, and uh, The Luck of Barry Lyndon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Lyndon as in the, the Stanley Kubrick movie. <laughs> It's 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 a fancier version of like better to have loved and lost than never lo- loved at all, right? Yeah. yeah. But but much more literary, uh, and like who cares? <laughs> <laughs> are are we really saying that Baron Zeppeli, the man who just bragged about you know uh, abandoning his own son, was really full of love <laughs> because of his love for Jonathan Joestar? <laughs> That that is his ultimate love. I don't know his, his love for all of mankind, sacrificing <laughs> his life to stop vampires. I don't know. I, I do I love. Guess. I do love though that you know while that part is happening, uh, the the camera pans up to the sky as they um, they set like a funeral pyre for Zeppeli's body. Uh, image of Zeppeli that is like floating up in the sky. It's not just him sitting there smiling. It's him kind of making like a little bit of like a kissy face. He's like pursing his lips a little bit. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. like the I'm I'm breathing in the hormone way or what, but <laughs> I just thought that part was funny. <laughs> also, once again, uh, every time that that uh, someone cares for JoJo, they die and he absorbs their spirit. So yes. if I'm Ario Speedwagon right now. I'm looking left. I'm looking right, and I'm hoping Poco is next because I got to get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> Man, if Speedwagon died, I don't think JoJo would inherit much from him, really. <laughs> he'd, he'd get a hat. He'd get a hat. Uh, Except we see that in this episode, Speedwagon inherits a hat. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, because Speedwagon lost his, his previous hat, so now he has picked up and and will from now on be wearing Zeppeli's black and white checkered hat. Uh, we also see him later carrying a Blueford sword for JoJo. Just right. like... As a favor? I don't know. <laughs> I, I just wonder if Speedwagon is always hoping for a chance at action, but mm-hmm. it, it just never works for him because everything is just too overpowered for him. <laughs> Dio has conquered a castle, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he tries to convince one of the locals to uh, become his willing thrall because all of his minions willingly gave their souls to him. Mm-hmm. That's just the way we roll. Uh, here here in the, the Dio Club. And so he convinces her by essentially saying, excuse me, madam, but have you considered that vampirism owns? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even for babies. Yeah, she, th- this, this lady is just terrified and saying, like, you know, please just, pl- please just spare my baby. He's just like, okay, as, as long as you willingly become a, va- a, a vampire for me or a zombie or whatever. And, you know, so she agrees to that. He jabs his, his vampire fingers in her forehead and so now she's like a, a zombie or whatever. And then she immediately eats her own baby. And Dio's like, mm, I, you know, I kept my word. I didn't kill your baby. <laughs> he, he finds it amusing that uh, the irony is lost on her. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how little humanity is left in these thralls. You can see this irony from space. Yeah. And it is still lost on her. Yeah. I, I also love that in this uh this scene here is the only time you ever see any attempt of somebody trying to use a crucifix on him i think or or at least you know having like a crucifix near him because it doesn't do anything 
He's yeah, just holding he, it in his hand and he just crushes he smushes it. Smushes it. Yeah. Nah. And and after that, like no one ever attempts again to try to use a crucifix on him. It's just not something that does anything to vampires in this world. <laughs> yeah. A- after that, uh, Jojo and company, which is now just Speedwagon and Poco, two useless mm-hmm. allies. <laughs> I guess I guess Poco has done one thing. He he pulled a switch. He's small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kids these days, they love to get a switch. Oh yeah. But yeah, they they are finally, you know, back on land, walking towards for, further into uh Wind Knight Slot. And Speedwagon is thinking to himself and even says, only in the English dub, uh one of the, the reasons why I like the English dub is just how many times Speedwagon says Struth. <laughs> That's fun. It's very good. It's very but, good. Yeah, he's thinking like, damn, Jonathan seems like a different man now. He's like so serious and, and buff. <laughs> I think he said something like, it's as, it's as if the shutters were drawn close on his soul. <laughs> and you call him useless. Come on. Okay, sure. Speedwagon's a poet. Uh, so we, we come across a uh, uh, a local, mm-hmm. um, a man named Mr. Adams, who yeah. uh, is, is very upset. Yeah, he's upset at, uh, at Poco. Mm-hmm. Um, just saying like, boy, you've been gone a long time. You're really worrying your sister. And, and you know, it's like, oh, phew, this guy is still normal he hasn't been turned or anything but um, then whoa the trend has been mm-hmm. that whatever bizarre powers these zombies have has some connection to something they did in life <laughs> i do yeah. not want to know what mr adams did to get like eight foot tongue powers as a zombie i don't like it i, I don't lo- like it i love the reveal of his tongue powers because it's like you know they he they talk for a little bit and they, they say their goodbyes and Mr. Mr. Adam just keeps walking past them, but he stops and you get this shot of him just like stone faced for a second. And then he just slowly sticks his tongue out and then it just very slowly just keeps going and, go- and going just, and going. It, it wreathes his head. Like, yeah. It's, it's the, the one dog from Undertale. It just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. It's basically that. Um, <laughs> I, I love that when he turns around, uh, and is about to try to do like a, a sneak attack and, and Jojo and the gang that uh, not only does his shirt erupt, but like his skin erupts to reveal his like zombie monster demon form that was hiding underneath. <laughs> <laughs> like from this point on, the zombies get stranger and stranger looking because I, I think because they look just like this in the, the manga, too. I think Araki when drawing was just like every one of these guys has to look different. Yeah, yeah. They just What's the I point? gotta get all my wacky monster designs out, like here and now. If they all look the same, they might as well be people. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's got like a mohawk of like spikes on his head now. <laughs> and he is defeated by by Jojo grabbing his tongue mm-hmm. and kicking his face into the dirt. <laughs> yeah, just melting his face. It's very good. And then they are accosted by yet more weirdos upon the road. <laughs> It's a lot of weird dudes on this single. A lot road. of weird dudes in town. This man, also a huge buff dude. His name is Dyer. He says, "Yeah, Dyer." He he jumps at Jojo. He looks like a Mega Man X bad guy to me. Oh God, you're right. Yeah, he looks yeah. like a relative of Sigma, kind of. Yes, he's got a similar head, like face to Sigma too, with like the and really... with a name like Dyer, he fits into Mega Man X pretty well. Yeah, yeah, you really wouldn't have to do much to this guy's character design. Just give him a little bit more of like the the Mega Man style, like robot limbs, and I think you're good. But Dyer leaps up into the air at Jojo and goes in for like a, a double kick. Uh, mm-hmm. But Jojo remarks, wow, this is a really slow kick. 
<laughs> like like Dyer physically just travels through the air very slowly while doing this kick. And again, how can we as the viewer tell without that? Because we're always just adding yeah. pages of, of spoken word. Yeah. Uh, it basically slam poetry in the middle of every kick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but no, Dyer, when he, he connects with JoJo's block, instead does the splits. <laughs> yeah. To, to open him up wide. Yeah, and and while still frozen in the doing the splits in the air, Dyer leans forward real hard uh, with both hands like out, like his arms cross against each other, and he's going in for like a thunder cross split attack or something like that. Yes, thunder split which attack, has, which has the incredible uh, uh, advantage tactically <laughs> of uh, being both a strike but also being in a blocking position at the same time. It's it's the uh, ultimate blend of offense and defense. <laughs> <laughs> this slow jumping man is is an absolute uh, 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 strategic, you know, genius. <laughs> yeah. Uh, except that the the single flaw in this attack is that what if the guy just headbutts you really hard, <laughs> uh, which is what JoJo does. And uh, uh, Dyer is so impressed because any normal man would try to dodge by moving backward. And that is when uh, they are truly in Dyer's trap. But no, Jojo is not a normal man because he, <laughs> he headbutts into danger. Like, if that's what it takes for you to know that Jojo's not a normal man, you have not been paying attention. Yeah. But after that headbutt, Dyer's just like, wait, I'm, I'm a friend. I'm normal. <laughs> as, as much as a man can be normal in this, in this world. Normal is a pretty big, pretty big word. Uh, but yeah. yeah, he's part of an adventuring party uh, who explained that they, they were all just off screen waiting <laughs> for Zeppeli to eat it big time. Yeah, they, they had received a, a letter from Zeppeli that he had sent, I guess, prior to them traveling out to win Night Slot. That's when he sent it. Um, yes, I mean, I guess. The, the mail was way better than I expected. Either that or they were also somewhere in England. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's uh, Dyer. There's another guy walking up uh, a part of this party whose name is Straitso. So they're, ah, they're just Straitso. Yeah, Dyer Straits. Finally, something for the Straits in this uh, uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so now we got Dyer and you know, Straight, like Dyer Straits, and also uh, Master Tom Petty is is there with them. He came all the way from from Tibet for this. Again, Master maybe. Tom Petty is somehow surprised to hear that uh, Zeppeli has passed on. It was your prophecy, dude. Yeah, I guess. Come on. You ought I to know. I just wish there is an extra line of like, already? Damn, that was quick. Like, <laughs> I thought that wouldn't happen for another decade or something. Um, so so you're, you're a lion. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Right, cool. Cool. All right. <laughs> so yeah, now we've got three other like Hamon masters joining in the mm -hmm. party all of a sudden. There's a part where Jojo goes to shake Master Tom Petty's hand. He looks at Jojo's hand, seeing like the Hamon aura and going like, ah, that's that's Zeppeli's Hamon there, all right. I... But also, we don't shake hands. <laughs> we don't we shake bow hands. Honorably. We bow honorably. Yeah, so they, they all bow. <laughs> uh, Speedwagon is just a, a, ga a gag, a gog a at, gog. at the bow. He's so impressed by, by bowing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is some dope shit. All right, uh, let's yeah. bow. Uh, it's just fun to see like Speedwagon's values changing in real time. Every time he's just impressed by a man he is struck by as like being this <laughs> incredible, selfless, honorable man. Like more and more of that becomes his identity as well. Mm -hmm. Just like striving to be that. I'm like, a bowing guy now. Oh yeah. man, I love to bow. I, I I live in an empire that the sun never sets on. We're kind of inventing Orientalism right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm into bowing. Bowing's the yeah. shit. 
yeah, now that we have this, we, we have resupplied our party with more hormone <laughs> users. Um, yeah. they, they got reinforcements. They, they talk about, like, you know, even if we had gotten here earlier, uh, Zeppeli's fate would have been the same because it was, you know, destined and all that. And they're talking about getting ready to make an assault on, on Dio. And as they say that, we see, like, evil, like, wind lines coming out from the, uh, <laughs> the, the castle off in the horizon. And when it goes back to Dio... Yeah. He's got... He's, like, lounging in a big vampire chair... And he's got two dogs on his lap that he has glued human heads onto. <laughs> and on his shoulder, he's got a bird that he's glued a cat head onto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. Because we all know that, that uh, one of the, the great <laughs> uh, uh, descendants of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and, and its literary influence is Mars Attacks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, it all goes back to JoJo. Yeah. Uh, but not not only does does he have these uh, freaky chimeras, he also has a lady. <gasps> and there oh are God. so few ladies in the show. I thought oh, it must be Arena. It's not Arena. No, it's Poco's it is, sister. Yeah, it's Poco's sister. They just look kind of similar. <laughs> They're both blonde ladies of about the same age. <laughs> and yeah, that's where that the, the episode ends on that that cliffhanger. Dio having uh, Poco's sister with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that brings us to episode eight, Bloody Battle, Jojo and Dio. I wonder what is going to happen. Hmm. So Poco makes it home, uh, mm-hmm. where he's berated by his father for getting brainwashed and bringing a team of superheroes. <laughs> if Poco's dad has said it once, he said it a thousand times, never bring superheroes into our home. I we are just, simple peasants, Poco. Like, Poco gets fucking struck by his dad over this. Like, he gets fucking slapped across the face for this. That's just how the family says hello. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but I love that, you know, you hear Poco's dad kind of, you know, uh, uh, scolding him. And halfway through it, it cuts to the rest of the party outside just listening in on this. And it's just really mm-hmm. funny to see the difference in Poco's dad, who is of a normal muscular build. And then seeing all these freaks outside who are like three times as wide as him, <laughs> just all sitting there, just going like, oh, man, he's really giving it to Poco. <laughs> Back at uh, Castle Dio, mm-hmm. uh, dog face, the, the, the people face dogs, still weird, still there, still weird, oh, yeah. don't like them. I just love that. And at the start and then even here, it's just like there's nothing in the story or the the direction to go like, whoa, look at these crazy things. It's just like the show's just already thinking that you're going to accept that Dio can just glue heads (laughs) into other living beings now, which just makes me wonder what happened to the bird and dog heads. Did they get glued on the people bodies or did he just throw them in the garbage? Well, maybe the the people face dogs are people who got turned into zombies and their zombie power is be mostly a dog. Okay. Sure. The idea is talking to uh, Poco's sister. Kind of, he's tr- kind of trying to uh, convince her into being becoming a vampire because he's he's lonely. He needs a vampire bride, I guess. I guess. I guess. I don't know. He, he he tried with another lady earlier, but then she ate a baby, and he's not into that. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe Dio is, isn't even lonely. It just seems like he's bored and just likes fucking around. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I guess that's why he made the chimeras here in the first place. But he's trying to demonstrate his, his impeccable manners, so at least somebody was paying attention whenever George would talk around the dinner table. Gosh. <laughs> One of the, the two 
uh, dog chimeras, like starts talking about like, oh man, this girl's full of such youthful life energy. This is this is a great pick, Dio. Good job, Lord Dio. Uh, and that <laughs> that really pisses Dio off, and so he uh, kicks the dog man really hard and kills it. So that's our third dog death, technically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a dog man, but. Uh, he, he says that he won't force his friendship on her, despite her being held in captivity. Yep. A, I, I don't know where you're drawing that line, but it seems like we're splitting hairs, Dio. By the way, I, I really want to point out how much I love Dio's outfit in this part. Yeah. It's like fancy lad noble clothing, but at the same time, it's already like battle armor, just in mm-hmm. case. He's got like this big like leather chest piece that's strapped over him, over his fancy lad clothes. Oh, I guess we should talk about uh, uh, Jonathan Joestar's new outfit then, too. That he, Right. Because this seems to be, like, the JoJo uh, uh, costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has salvaged some of the, the shackles that he was in to make big pauldrons. Yes. And uh, accented it with a, a little belly shirt. <laughs> uh, it's not quite a crop top, but it, it, it's, yeah. it's above the belt. Yeah, so once once Jonathan is in this outfit, this is a recurring outfit for that happens a lot throughout the different parts of JoJo is, yeah, there's a lot of dudes with midriffs from now on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And th- this gets even more pronounced in later parts. Uh, Araki is obsessed with fashion. Like, like he is constantly reading fashion magazines for reference and stuff. So, but if you were a person into like the fashion world and then, and you had some knowledge of its history and then you went back and started reading like the beginning of JoJo and the manga or even just the show, you go, oh, I recognize that pose. It was from Vogue in this issue. Because <laughs> it's straight up, he's just straight up like goes, that's a great pose from this cover of Vogue. I'm going to put it in JoJo. Uh, so, and yeah, some, there's some outfits that are inspired by like fashion magazines and also, uh, Prince, Prince's outfits make it into Jojo decent amount. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of, uh, lots of dude tummies being exposed from Jojo in Jojo from now on. Uh, so, uh, speaking of Dio and manners, he's so polite that, uh, he, he offers to pass along his doobie to, uh, uh Poco's sister. <laughs> yeah, cause she, she refuses to become a vampire. Uh, he's just like, well, all right, cool. See you later. Allow me to introduce to you doobie. <laughs> One of his better favorite zombie, uh, the, zombie the freakiest zombie. As zombies get increasingly more freaky, Doobie is is still a cut above. Yeah, he uh, he's a blue skinned man. Kind of looks mm-hmm. like Skeletor a little. Similar build, although you don't see that much skin uh, at first because his head is encased in a burlap sack and tied a, around the neck. A, a wiggling burlap sack. Very wiggly. I do like he's wearing kind of like a goofy hat on top of the sack though. <laughs> It's like a newsboy cap or something. Do- Doobie's a good boy. We yeah. all love Doobie here. So so in sort of a goofus and gallant situation, Jojo <laughs> and Co. appear, and they have poor manners because Jojo refuses to make introductions. Yeah. Uh, uh, and before he even they you even know that they're there, uh, they drop a fucking cartoon anvil on top of Doobie's head <laughs> and makes one of his eyeballs fall out of his face, I it's- think. Like, of all the things they could have thrown, it is a literal anvil. Like, they stopped <laughs> by the smithy on the way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> as, as you said, they're just like, we won't even introduce ourselves to you because you're just such a, a lowly, inhuman monster. Jojo jumps from the, the, the roof of the building down uh, to the floor to fight Doobie. 
Uh, and as he does that, a bunch of snakes shoot out of Doobie's face and bite Jojo. Yes. Turns out that's what's wriggling around inside the sack. Doobie is a Madubsa. <laughs> he's he's still got like a, a zombie face, but he's just got snakes like inside his head. Mm-hmm. Just like that he can command. Like they're coming out of his ears even. Snakes of species that are all identified by Robert E.O. Speedwagon, <laughs> noted herpetologist. <laughs> Yeah, he lists like three or four different breeds, different types of snakes that he can identify. But as all of the snakes bite Jojo's face and inject their venom, he flexes his cheekbones to squeeze <laughs> out the, the the deadly, deadly venoms. Yeah, like while like while Jojo is getting bitten, uh, you know, you get you see the reaction of the rest of the crew. And Speedwagon is very worried, but the the three new Hamon Masters all have, like, smiles in their faces, like, ah, this is no big deal. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, when, when JoJo squeezes that blood out, they're just like, damn, he's got great blood control. <laughs> he's good. Okay, th- thinking back to something I said in episode one about how I really love the way that, that JoJo... His his determination, his, his mm. refusal to stay down is how he overcomes. Yeah. That is no longer true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ever since he, he accepts the, the, the gift of uh, Hamon in, in the previous episode, he, he's untouchable. He, he's basically messianic. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. He's got a glowing fucking aura. He can't be hurt. He can't be touched. He, yeah. He is... He is... Super Saiyan now, essentially. Like he, <laughs> like it's only when he first gets the the Hamon from uh, Zeppeli that his aura is like visible to everybody. They don't keep doing that, but it, that's basically just going Super Saiyan at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that his hair doesn't get even bigger though, because then he would have like <laughs> everything ex- else did. Yeah, he would have extreme <laughs> like 80s metal hair if he did. Now instead, he's just got like a normal ass mullet. He he should have got a, a Blueford's wig instead of his sword. Oh, yeah. That's the secret. It's a wig. I'm sorry. <laughs> it would have been great in battle. Could hold more swords. <laughs> but yeah, JoJo just very easily just melts Doobie into nothing. Now that they've saved Poco's sister, everyone, you know, descends to the, the, the floor inside and it's just like, okay, time to go fuck up Dio. <laughs> Let's just go. But before we defeat Dio, we must speak to Dio. There is an yes. order to these things. There's uh, uh, propriety must be observed. <laughs> uh, and and Jojo talks about his his intense burning hatred for Dio. Uh, he he hates Dio so much that instead of just colored lighting, we get these uh, uh, brush strokes of light streaks all over. Yes. Yeah, they they've done this a couple times. Like I think this is maybe like the third time. But yeah, there's been times where people have gotten extremely pissed and like their face like uh, comes into frame really fast from one side. And yeah, like the light from their eyes and their mouth just like streaks across. It's really cool looking, but they stopped doing it like right after this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Jojo is also talking about how he needs to avenge those he's lost. Mm-hmm. And we see an image of Blueford. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you killed him, dude. <laughs> Yeah, like, ah, oh, you forced me to kill Blueford, but it's like, you know what, if... George, yes. Zeppeli, yes. Blueford? Blueford? <laughs> like, the thing is, if Dio had not set up the situation that forced Jojo to have to kill Blueford, Blueford would still be dead, because he was dead. <laughs> you wouldn't even care about Blueford. He lived hundreds of years ago. Yeah, like, he had his time. He's done. 
Jojo also demonstrates that he's a total dork forever by using the phrase <laughs> boon companion. <laughs> yeah. Zeppeli was a brave man and boon companion. But yeah, as Jojo is getting ready to fight Dio, Dyer uh, steps in front and goes like, wait, I want to fight him. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to beat him up. Oh, wait. No, yeah, yeah. D- Dyer is the one that calls Zeppeli a boon companion, right? Oh, it's yeah. Dyer. Yes, yes. you're right. Because only these two weirdos would use the phrase boon companion. Yeah. that That's even beyond Jojo. Yeah. And so Dyer starts slowly walking towards Dio, and he's got like a, a fancy walk that we haven't seen him do uh, in the two previous scenes he's been in, uh, where he, he, he can project multiple copies of himself, like illusions of himself. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dio's like, oh, that's pretty cool, but I don't know. I'm a vampire. It's not that impressive. He says uh, directly that vampires are better than gurus. Take that. <laughs> yeah. Screw you, guru. Dyer does his slow kick. Like, I love... It's even slower than the previous kick he did because he he jumps extra slow to give Dio time to monologue about his slow-ass kick. Why is that a benefit? <laughs> I Why think does that help? I think the slow kick is supposed to be like he's heavily telegraphing something so he can force his opponents into trying to block the kick. If somebody is jumping at me really slow somehow <laughs> i would probably just i walk backwards yeah just move out of the way dude <laughs> unless it unless I've it's a sl- unless it's a slow homing kick like he's sonic or something <laughs> and he's just gonna track you wherever you go it's i, I am a better fighter than jonathan joestar let yeah. it be known <laughs> uh yeah dio goes in for the block and dyer's like aha i got you exactly where i want you and he goes in for the 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 thunder split attack and like for a split second dio is actually caught off guard like when his he does the splits but uh it still doesn't matter because dio as we've seen before uh just freezes dire except this time it's everything but his head forgot about the super sweat you cannot forget about the super sweat That's, that's super sweat dude uh, Dio calls Dyer a mongrel, again, establishing how much he hates dogs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, with uh, Dyer just completely frozen, Dio just shatters him into a million pieces. And Dyer is still surviving. He still <laughs> holds on as a severed head. This is the greatest power of Hamon. It allows you yeah. to keep on going like a cockroach for days. Yeah. I also, I just want to say, I love when... Uh, this is a hard thing to spot unless like you pause uh, the episode. But when Dio shatters Dyer into a million little chunks, uh, the pose he strikes is really funny because he does a little wink while he's doing it. Like he's all sassy <laughs> about it. But yeah, Dyer's head now just now just completely severed from his body goes flying into a a a, a pot full of roses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While still alive, grabs a rose in his mouth and. Uh, infuses it with hormone and spits it into Dio's eye. Yes. And then he dies. <laughs> uh, so now it is Jojo's turn to do what he has been fated to do, what he wanted to do all along, step up and take his turn. And he draws the Blueford sword, mm-hmm. which we have to be reminded is a sword of both luck and pluck. <laughs> via a little insert card in the bottom corner that looks like the life points in an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes, it absolutely does. It is straight up like they just changed the colors. It's so funny. It's so out of place. It doesn't fit. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, I, I would have to go back, but I think that box coming in like that is straight up what it was in the manga, too. They wouldn't have done something so discordant otherwise. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a funny thing about this adaptation that it is so faithful. Like, they don't take anything out for the most part, except if it's just like, ah, we can't show that on TV. We have to censor it a little bit. We can't show a dog burning alive on screen <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. But there's sometimes where it's like, no, if he just took out that little bit, it would be better for it. But they don't do it. They just want to be mm-hmm. that faithful. But yeah, it's, it's. I almost wish if they if you're going to flash a card like that up for something in an anime, you better give me the numbers for it, though. <laughs> I need to know the luck and plucks attack power. Hell yes. Although thankfully, JoJo's never really a thing that gets obsessed with like power numbers or anything like that. It's always just like the chess match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dio's super pissed off now because his his eye, he's actually been harmed by Hormone because of that, that rose. Mm-hmm like jumps back a little bit onto like the uh the balcony that's a little further into the room he calls hamon more disgusting than frog urine (laughs) (laughs) which is something he would know yeah i'm I'm sure it was an ingredient in in some of his childhood pranks yeah while while jojo is getting ready to fight dio uh dio calls in the entirety of his zombie horde to come fight essentially and this is when we get the real freak show because now we got guys with like multiple mouths and no eyeballs and all these other crazy features. Some of them have tubes, like sci-fi tubes <laughs> coming out of their body. I don't know where they got this stuff. But I love, because they start surrounding the other the other Hamon masters like, like straight so. And all the zombies just one by one start introducing themselves by name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, Straight So also introduces himself like he does uh, at least half of his lines, just so we don't forget he exists. <laughs> yeah. Everyone but Jojo uh, goes to fight the zombies and, and keep uh, uh, the, the big mass of them uh, away from interrupting his strategy against Dio. Yeah, like even Speedwagon appears to be attempting to fight. He's also attempting to fight the narrator. He keeps explaining things before the narrator can, trying to uh, <laughs> emphasize how useful he is, that he needs to be here. Yeah. Yeah, we, we get a couple different alternating cuts of Straight So and, and, other, and Tom Petty like fighting the zombies and all that. While uh, fighting, they are continuing to explain Hamon. Please <laughs> stop that. Just fight the zombies. Yeah. Like, you don't need to explain... Like, you're dropping the chandelier on these four zombies that literally just introduced themselves by name, and then you melted them. Like, (laughs) you don't need to explain how that chandelier works. I feel the one thing that is at least fairly clear at this point is that a lot of things can conduct hormone at least a little bit. (laughs) And especially metal, because that was super clearly demonstrated with Blueford's sword, like, getting kicked with hormone. Which is, incidentally, exactly JoJo's plan. The sword will give him a reach advantage mm-hmm. uh, away from Dio's super freezing powers and also be able to conduct Hamon. Yeah. Uh, it's an okay plan, I guess. It's a good plan. Yeah. It's uh, it's such a good plan that uh, JoJo cuts uh, uh, Dio in half from the top of his head straight down to his belly button. Yeah, I love this part. Which uh, I would normally call a killing blow, except we just saw a decapitated head participate in a fight. <laughs> and that guy wasn't even a vampire. He was just a dude that breathes good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dio just gets gets nearly completely split in half uh, vertically here. But Dio was able to, just in time, uh, freeze 
just enough of the sword that uh, Jojo wasn't able to pull it all the way clean through him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Dio stabs his fingers into Jojo's neck and pulls out his carotid artery and just starts fiddling with it. (laughs) It's gross. Now, I, I don't know, like, there's a part of me that respects... Uh, that uh, Dio just keeps using ice powers. So there is an established threat. We have to solve this particular puzzle. Mm-hmm. But I wish that he used his incredible body control to pull out more weird shit. Yeah. Because if you can do ice powers with how in control you are of your vampire uh, uh, body, mm-hmm. I'm very curious what else you got up your sleeve. Yeah. Like the only other like powers, quote unquote, we've seen is that he can do, like, he can make, like, chimeras, I guess? He can mm-hmm. he fuck with the biology of other living things? I mean, he's used his super strength to turn into wall-crawling powers. There's an example. Yeah, yeah, just More like that, yeah. Yeah, totally. But, yeah, I, I like this part where, where uh, Dio is basically just talking about, like, like, hey, bro, I could turn you into, like, a real good zombie at any point. Like, I, your arteries in between my fingers right now. Uh, and while Dio is talking, his voice, the voice is co- coming out from each half of him is slightly out of sync with each other. <laughs> They're doubling <laughs> up. Uh, also, the, the way that the visual of um, Dio's fingertips playing with Jojo's artery, very important, necessary mm-hmm. for the scene to be clear. However, very gross, necessary to, to uh, 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 censor from the broadcast version. Yeah. The yeah. way they thread this is to, in, instead of cover things in a black shadow, mm-hmm. they just absolutely black it out. <laughs> yeah. So you're seeing perfect uh, silhouettes of the action. You're seeing it entirely clearly, just without any colors. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and it's still gross. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> At this point, Saizo pauses stops and turns to say he's too busy to help. Fuck you, Saizo. <laughs> yeah, come on. But it turns out that Jojo had a plan, and it, that, that's slowly enacting the whole time. Dio is thankfully monologuing for a very long time about... Uh, that's definitely part of the plan. <laughs> yeah, Jojo's delicious blood and artery. So on this balcony, there's a bunch of lit torches, and directly behind Dio is one of those torches, and the sword... The tip of it is in the flame, and it's slowly heating up the sword to the mm-hmm. point where uh, Dio's ice powers cannot freeze it fast enough. It's too hot now. Always rely on fire working faster than Dio's powers. It's yeah. never gone wrong before. Yeah. Always works. <laughs> and so because it's unfreezing, uh, JoJo's starting to able to get Hamon going through the blade again. But before he can fully pull it through Dio, Dio's able to like chop the blade real hard and, and break the sword but jojo's able to still like land a punch on dio i love that it also right after this it cuts to the only instance we ever see of Speedwagon actually fighting <laughs> and all he's doing is, is holding a singular zombie back with a sledgehammer he's not attacking anything he's just holding it back yeah but he looks pretty cool with a sledgehammer <laughs> I, you know i guess so maybe, maybe the sledgehammer is a, a, a upgrade after the knife hat yeah yeah how disappointed was he when he saw that Zeppeli's hat, like, there was nothing hidden in the brim? Yeah. What a letdown. It's a shame. He's got to mod it. He's got to mod Zeppeli's hat. <laughs> but unfortunately, after Jojo landed that punch on Dio, he was st- Dio was still able to once again freeze Jojo's hand. Mm-hmm. 
And we do see one kind of new power of Dio's here. Because uh, previously, even before he got cut in half, uh, one of his arms got cut off. And he's able to reattach his arm by having his veins from his arm stump shoot out like tentacles and grab the arm and pull it to him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Yes, absolute body control. <laughs> he can, yeah, his, his veins are stretchy tentacles that can grab stuff now. And so, yeah, Dio is very quickly, like, healing all of his, his wounds now. He's reattached his arm. He takes his hands and pushes his two halves of his face together, but they're, like, not quite aligned right. So he has to, like, tap them, <laughs> tap his chin to realign his face. <laughs> it's very good. That it's part, very, very good. That part rules. There's still just this big issue that Jojo just cannot land a killing blow because he just keeps getting frozen over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, like an eight-year-old on their birthday, they just keep getting frozen. <laughs> but this time, Dio leaps at Jojo, and Jojo is finally able to deliver a blow. He does a spin. He does multiple spins mm-hmm. <laughs> while, while approaching uh, Dio, and he just is able to spin to the right just far enough to punch one of the torches so his fist bursts into flames and he's able to punch clean through Dio, punch a hole (laughs) clean through his chest because his fist is so hot it cannot be frozen now. Which activates Dio's laser eyes. (laughs) Yeah, so Dio does show off yet another new power here right then. I'm thinking Dio... Like, with the laser eyes and stuff, I'm thinking Dio is still discovering new vampire powers because he hasn't had mm-hmm, it for super mm-hmm. long, maybe. And it, it's either straight so or, or Tom Petty that... <laughs> oh, well, good morning, baby. A dog. Watch out. Loki, you better watch out. Dio's gonna get you. <laughs> oh, no. Dio's gonna get you, baby. Oh, better no. shush. Gonna become a human dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, either straight so or... Uh, Tan Petty describes this as the last act of a demon, as if everyone knows that, oh, when a demon's about to die, it shoots laser eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dio does that as he's uh, falling off the, uh, he's been punched off the, of the balcony. The, the highest tower of Castlevania itself. Yeah. And uh, falls and falls, while the pure special hero boy weeps even for Dio, his evil brother that he hates so fucking much. <laughs> Yeah, even earlier in this episode, like, I love Jonathan straight up going like, hey, this isn't just because you're bad. Like, I just actually just have given up myself to, like, wanting revenge. Like, I just want to fucking murder you now, dude. <laughs> uh, but he's so pure of heart that oh, he's he still... Is. He's still he crying. He still weeps. And he collapses. He he passes out after this fight. And Speedwagon, of course, immediately drops his sledgehammer so he can go cradle <laughs> this huge man. And, and shout to the moon that, that Jojo has won, Dio is dead. Uh, and that's the end of episode eight. That's the end. What could possibly be left for episode nine? Just some sort of denouement, right? an epilogue to the adventures of Jonathan Joestar and friends? Well, it is called The Final Ripple. Hmm. And uh, uh, we, we begin in Meteorez, following <laughs> Dio down that plunge. Uh, a Rocky never saw a head he couldn't detach, basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, as as Dio's body is melting away from this flaming Hamon punch, he cuts his own head off <laughs> to, to preserve it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I love just karate chopping his own damn head off. 
It's effective. It's yeah. shockingly effective, both as a karate chop to his own damn head and <laughs> to stop him from dying. <laughs> now, see, it's like uh, you, you told me when you were uh, editing the first episode that there's a part early on where I said, like, man, going back to part one, it feels so tame now <laughs> uh, compared to later JoJo. But God, when I reflect on it now, it's like, man, even at the start, people are having galaxy brained ideas of like, <laughs> I need to live. Time to cut my head off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't die here. Please decapitate me. <laughs> hey, the proof's in the pudding. It works. It works. <laughs> uh, the the apothecary yes uh who who you know we've seen a couple times he was the guy last time we saw him he was pushing around dio in his special dracula wheelchair yeah, um, it's kind of like as he uh, arrives to be the faithful servant once more you start to wonder where he was during all the castle <laughs> times yeah he must have been doing some like errand or something he was just like managing the staff i guess yeah but he spots dio's head falling while he's like in the woods for some reason and he can like jump super far, so he he just catches up with Gio, Dio's head, uh, and puts him in a little sack and just hops off with Dio's head into the night <laughs> <laughs> in, in his little head sack. So so the the episode proper starts now a- after that uh, bump bump bump. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the newspapers are reporting uh, what happened at, yes. at Wind Knight's lot, but all the newspapers care about is a bunch of weirdos standing around Zeppelin's funeral pyre. <laughs> They took no notice of all of the vampires. Yeah, it's just like weird. Like about 70 people died today. About 70 people died. That's weird. Uh, there, there were these dudes standing around a weird fire. Nothing else. Yeah. Oh, and also reports of a man. I love how detailed this specific report is. It's not even just, hey, a bunch of people died and nearby there were a bunch of dudes standing around a fire that's suspicious but also somebody was so close to the events of this they witnessed seeing a speed wagon smashing a stone a, a curious stone mask <laughs> with a sledgehammer but yes the stone mask has been destroyed surely there is no more to fear thank you aria Speedwagon. wagon oh, phew <sighs> I love the character of Ario Speedwagon, mm-hmm. but every time he does something, I'm like, I don't know if that's really his thing to do. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Does he break it because he has Zeppeli's hat, and so he's finishing Zeppeli's uh, uh, quest? Why not the guy who inherited Zeppeli's life force? Mm-hmm. May- All I can imagine is that speedwagon did that while jojo was still recovering or passed out and he just really wanted to do it so you could say he did something (laughs) (laughs) uh but but now we we cut ahead a little more and realize that arena is in about every third episode on Mm -hmm. average now is the time when we get to talk about her again yeah uh because she and jojo have uh become wed Yay! They are married. I'm I'm sure uh, his vows to her were something like, "This isn't about you. I only <laughs> married you because a gentleman must take a wife. Don't don't get any ideas about this." Oh man, was Poco the ring bearer? That's nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, but yeah, we we see uh, the this news of them becoming uh, uh, getting married uh, is in the newspaper that is being read by Speedwagon. Just hang out in some cafe somewhere. And then realizing, oh, fuck, I got to go see him off on their trip to America. 
is any second. Why am I just sitting in a cafe? Uh, so, so he runs, runs down to the docks and sees the, the big weirdo club mm-hmm. uh, having already said their goodbyes, just hanging out together. Also, we are introduced to Father Styx. Yes, there's a priest boarding the ship named Father Styx. He has come to come sail away, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so as Speedwagon rushes on to say his goodbyes and uh, Father Styx is set off uh, toward America, there are some uh, uh, dock working ruffians yes. carrying a, a giant cask. A casket, you you might say. It, it looks like it's from a Hellboy movie. Yeah, yeah. It's very ornate and very evil. <laughs> it's super dark. It's just like jet black and yeah. <laughs> and as they're carrying it, they hear like a, one of the guys carrying it. Here's like a, a thumping from inside and then uh, something going like, <sighs> and he's just like, anyone else hear this shit? And <laughs> no one else has somehow. And they're, they're also talking about like, uh, the, the money spends don't who cares yeah some asian dude hired us to carry this who cares so that's that's definitely you know not suspicious the apothecary a zombie mm-hmm. was hopping toward uh dio's head to put him in the sack do you think that's a reference to asian hopping vampires or just hopping is cool <laughs> i've always wondered that myself like the the hopping vampires i think it's just the hopping was cool Okay. Because he, he doesn't do it anywhere else, and the the hopping is usually, like, small hops. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how they get around, and these were, like, huge leaps, so I don't know. Yeah, he, he's jumping like a man-sized flea. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> he's doing Hulk jumps. <laughs> so, a, as Speedwagon wishes them well, he wishes uh, uh, to, to himself that there was a place for a colored commentator on a honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. He wants to be a third wheel so bad. He loves it. I think he loves being a third wheel. <laughs> like every he once can't in stand a... the idea of being a whole ocean apart from, from Jojo. Yeah. And now that the, the ship has set sail, uh, some time passes, we see Arena on the, the deck of the ship. And <laughs> she's just looking at a little bird, a little cute bird that is sitting on the, the edge of the ship here. And thinking, and oh, it makes no. her cry. Yeah, it makes her cry because the, the bird's all alone. And then another cute bird comes up, and then they cuddle faces. They 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 nuzzle each other, <laughs> and that sets Arena into tears because it's just so beautiful. <laughs> it's okay, Arena. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, so so then she and her new husband have a uh, conversation telepathically. They do not <laughs> animate their mouths moving as they exchange <laughs> words. Uh, I have just... no idea why. I guess they're so in tune, I guess. I guess so, yeah. I just love the part where Rena's thinking to herself, like, man, jo- you know, Jonathan, even as a boy, you strove to be a true gentleman. Flashbacking to that scene where he's just like, fuck you, this isn't about you, it's about me! <laughs> <laughs> One of JoJo's lines is uh, wishing that his father knew about her, like... He died not long ago. Like, you had a lot of time to talk about her when he was alive. <laughs> yeah. What's What was stopping you? So so they're just doing honeymoon things. Yeah. Uh, chilling out on this cruise ship, you know, go, going to, to fancy dinners and, and uh, Arena's enjoying some wine. Jojo just found out what wine is. <laughs> uh, Zeppeli would never let him have any, and I, he I, thinks it's pretty good stuff. I guess so. 
Uh, we also get like a quick shot of uh, so Father Sticks again. He's on the ship. Oh, Father Sticks. Uh, Father Sticks uh, is an alcoholic. You know, he's he's being sent to do like missionary work, but instead he's just getting wasted on this boat, and he accidentally drops his crucifix down uh, through like a grating to the the floor below, and it lands on top of that evil looking casket in the like in the the, the storage room, the hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he goes off to go try to get down there and find his crucifix again. When when he gets down there, uh, he, he uh, notices that the latch is slightly popped, but it's still latched from the inside. Yeah. What? Why Ooh. would you have a casket that locks from the inside? I got to check this out. Uh, so the trunk has an anti-tampering device that sends a jewel through <laughs> an attacker's skull. <laughs> yeah, there's just like a crazy spring-loaded jewel, like ruby or something. <laughs> insane and it, like, like this doesn't this just... is how you kill the lock picking lawyer okay oh my god you're right holy shit <laughs> yeah i i love that 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 like spring loaded gem like it doesn't just like hit him on the head hard enough that he gets knocked out or you know even just like sends a small hole into his head and he dies this obliterates this dude's <laughs> head his whole fucking skull just pops there is nothing left that's that's the end of sticks. So domo origato to you. Oh man, but yeah, uh, Jojo. While uh, having that meal with Arena, he uh, sees off in the distance the apothecary and goes, "Oh fuck, <gasps> Dio's still alive." Arena, go hide in our room, lock the door, uh, and all already like somebody on the ship has already turned into a zombie. Yeah, this zombie thrall, clearly an obvious zombie. Not not as wild and woolly as uh, uh, the zombie horde from last episode, but more a standard zombie thrall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sits down next to his wife and child, and I'm really hoping at this (laughs) point that they just stay a happy family. They they make it work. Yeah. You know? (laughs) That that would be a nice show to watch. Just don't get within three feet of dad and you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, as Jojo descends down, uh, chasing after the apothecary, he also ends up in the hold, gets near the casket, and uh, the apothecary is there and lifts out of the casket Dio's severed head in a Futurama-style head jar. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> Dio's great plan is to, to uh, save himself uh, by taking the best body available, Jojo's. Yeah, he... Like... And the way Dio talks about Jojo now, like, like Jojo has finally earned Dio's respect because he was yes. th- so thoroughly owned by him. We, we've talked about Speedwagon's dedication to mm-hmm. Jojo uh, in, in this episode. Dio is enamored with him uh, and his rock and bod, uh, <laughs> but, but also this incredible respect for his abilities. And the, the whole rest of this encounter is all talk about their, their intertwined destinies. And like, mm-hmm. everybody has better chemistry with Jojo than Arena. <laughs> yes. Because she has no time, no spotlight to make a case for herself, except mm-hmm. like, man, when birds are romantic, that's really cool. And, <laughs> yeah. And he, sh- and he shows zero interest her- in her whatsoever, except for like this, this gentlemanly responsibility to take a lady wife. Yeah, it's part of that, I guess, is just a symptom of like part one going so fast. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, if there is ever a time where it's like, hey, we're remaking parts of JoJo or something like that, I would love to see part one actually like be extended just so that there's 
like maybe some time for arena to be a character somehow yeah, and like the the mud puddle thing like okay arena's got spunk does she ever show it again no, no. yeah because it's like that like, mud puddle thing arena discovers dio's weakness who cares nobody was paying attention i know like if that could somehow play into like the defeat of dio like you know because she was the first one to suss out like what pisses him off and like puts him off guard and stuff like that would be mm-hmm. cool nah. no 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 <laughs> nah. just from just from the the opening the 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 intro playing in at the start of each episode if you add that like all that time of the intro playing each episode that basically doubles the amount of screen time arena has basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i said last week yeah <laughs> ah you're right but uh so uh dio just has laser eyes on command now <laughs> yeah he now that he got pissed off not to shoot lasers from his eyes he can just do it for whenever now hell yes uh and it's like the first time he he fired those lasers in the fight last episode jojo got like super lucky that he didn't get killed because the the laser missed by only a few inches it went clean through his hand instead of like through his neck or his brain uh, um, but this time the neck is not so lucky yeah but both lasers from from dio's eyes go clean into jojo's neck like he tries to block but no those lasers go clean through his hands straight through his neck and and as he collapses with this clearly fatal blow, which may not be because that's how this show goes. Yeah. Uh, he, he sinks down and like the blood squirts from his neck rhythmically with his pulse. Oh, God. Which yeah. is fucking gross. It's super gross. Yeah, that part is nasty. Uh, m- meanwhile, back up on deck, I did not get my wish about a... a comedy of errors with vampire dad because he is eating people left and right there's oh, chaos yeah. the, this woman is running with her infant child away from not one but now like a dozen or more recently turned vampire thralls yeah i want to point out that one of the other people running away from these zombies gets killed by a life ring <laughs> There's, How very ironic. Whoa. There is a zombie, a really funny shot of a zombie uh, that's got th- this life preserver, this life ring, and it's just spin it ar- spinning it around its hand really fast. And when he let- slings it, he has thrown it so fast that when it collides with this man's head, his head just fucking explodes. <laughs> it's good. It's very... The, the violence is very good. <laughs> the violence is just absurd. Yeah, this lady and her baby uh caught on both sides they're they're in between two zombies now and the lady gets hit with an axe mm-hmm. uh, and she comes crashing down into the storage room uh where dio and jonathan are, are fighting and you know arena is there as well right right near the <laughs> engine works of the steamship. yeah near the near the engine works actually big big wheels and pistons and pumping business yeah the woman has died, but the baby she was able to shield the baby the baby's still alive and it's, it's crying now darn baby your life isn't so hard. <laughs> you were just born. You don't know what pain is. Yeah, I got lasers shot through my fucking neck. <laughs> but uh, the apothecary is slowly approaching uh, Jonathan with uh, one arm held up so he can balance Dio's head jar on his arm like he's a serving tray or something. Mm-hmm. He he is not heeding uh, Dio's warnings that like, hey, even though I just shot him clean through the neck and he's dying... That's that Jojo's a wily one. He can still fuck you up. Maybe don't get close. Yeah. He, he refers to uh, his ham on mischief. <laughs> yes. 
Which, like, hey, man, Hamon's all about mischief. Sometimes it involves frogs, sometimes it doesn't, but it's all mischief. <laughs> this is the first time where we get, uh, hear the apothecary's name. Yes. Uh, Wang Chan. Wang Chan. Dr. Wang Chan. Yeah. And his eyebrows and mustache wiggle around like spider legs. <laughs> they do. Uh, Dio instructs Wang Chan to go... Uh, you know, take, you know, just cut Jojo's head clean off. But Jojo assumes a fighting stance and he's like, whoa, step the fuck back, Wang Chan. Don't, he's about to do something. Uh, and Wang Chan But Wang just, Chan does not listen. He, no. he is not, he, he's not seen Jojo fight before, uh, at, at least since Jojo got Hamon. Yeah. He gets poked. He gets poked. He gets the Hamon uh, poke. Jo- Jojo focuses and and sends all of his remaining Hamon into this poke. He's completely drained because Hamon, which as we know is sun blood breath, mm-hmm. is uh, also exhaustible. You can run out of it. Yeah. Obviously. The the way I have come to rationalize how Hamon is mm-hmm. is that every because it's life energy, everyone always has like a little bit cuz they're alive. And like the breathing just gives you way more than normal. And so, like, that can be exhausted unless you start breathing again, then you, like, replenish it. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, just, it's just the way, like, Zeppelin's like, ah, here's my remaining energy, and then he dies. Well, I mean, he was already cut in half, but whatever. Um, <laughs> he was half a lot of things at that point. Uh, it's, it's true. Yeah. It, it just always feels like, ah, there's combat hormone, and then, like, you're just alive hormone. And, like, you can expend that, too, but it kills you. I don't know. He uses his alive Hamon yeah. in order to do a very <laughs> special poke on Dr. Wang, uh, which blows his head off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But also also sends him into the, the machinery uh, to act as a human or, or rather ex-human uh, break to, to yes. hold the machinery in place so that pressure will build and the ship will explode, sending Dio to, to the watery depths for all mm-hmm. of time. This is, uh, I guess this is technically the second time that Jonathan has, like, used his Hamon to make something, like, act on command for him, sort of. Because when he was fighting Doobie in the previous episode, I forgot to mention that, like, he grabbed all the snakes from Doobie's head and, like, yes. used Hamon on them to make them bite Doobie in the face. Yes. Yeah. So I guess there is precedent. Yeah. <laughs> I I just think this all would have been explained better if Speedwagon <laughs> had been on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, missing Speedwagon already. He's been gone for 10 minutes. <laughs> so so this is the plan. Dio has figured out the plan. Jojo cannot explain his plan because he is, is on death's door. Mm-hmm. He... he only has uh, uh, enough strength to argue with his wife about whether she should save herself or not. Yes. Uh, but she sees the baby, this this orphan baby, and uh, goes to, to seize it and raise it as her own. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, aha, this is how we get a generational story out of a hero who has clearly never fucked. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dio is not ready to go down with the ship. He, yeah. he cries out, zombies hither. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, Fancy he, lad to the last, Dio Brando. Yeah, he, uh, he's trying to command the zombies to uh, eat Wang Chan's body so that the, the ship won't explode. But it's too late. Uh, the, the ship is already start. The engine's already starting to build pressure and, and, and blow up a bit. 
Arena decides that she has to leave Jonathan. She has to try to escape with this baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I should mention, like when Wang Chan's body was sent flying over to the engine, the engine works. Dio leapt out of the head jar with his hair. <laughs> his yes. hair is are he can now command his hair to grab stuff. So he's just hanging like from the rafters right now. Just absolute command over every part of his body. What yeah. part don't you understand? <laughs> Dio is still trying to. Uh, well, I, actually, even before that, like because the engine is starting to blow up a bit, Jonathan is able to stand up one more time to shield Arena from the shrapnel of parts mm-hmm. of the engine exploding. So now he's got huge chunks of metal embedded in his back. He is going to sacrifice himself five different ways before the ship sinks. Yeah. Absolutely, like, Christ-like, this, this yes. JoJo. Yes. Everything but the resurrection <laughs> and hell. I don't know what happens in the next episode. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, right? Anything can happen. Like, he could just be ahead by the end of this and he might be fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Dio decides, wait, there's still a way for me to enact my plan. Because he, he shoots out veins from his neck stump to mm-hmm. wrap around JoJo's neck. Um, and he's like, you know what? I could still cut your head off and I can survive this explosion because the casket I was brought in is super reinforced and could withstand even a ton of dynamite. So I'm just going to hide <laughs> in the casket and ride yeah. out the explosion yeah. with your body and I'll be good. As he is, uh, you know, wrapping his, his vein tentacles around JoJo's neck and, and flying towards him, uh, JoJo uses the last of his strength to just hug Dio's head super mm-hmm. tight. Which is a really intimate moment. For for a bit, I'm starting to wonder if Jojo forgot which person in this room he married. <laughs> yeah. But, like, they're, they're talking about their interwoven lives. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, he's basically cradling the head very gently. I mean, it's the softest that his face has ever been drawn, even. Yes. Like, yep. there's... No, smooch him. Smooch him. Why aren't you smooching? Even, even from the start of jojo it gets more in later parts as like the style of it changes and stuff but even from the start damn there's a decent amount of like stuff where it's like yo these you tell me these guys these two dudes don't love each other these guys aren't gay <laughs> like especially later parts of jojo it totally like the way it's drawn and stuff and the way the the like male character designs are it's one of the first times i've gone like damn is, are they actually drawing these dudes just to be super hot <laughs> Is this the first shonen like manga I've ever seen where the dudes are supposed to be hot on purpose for like <laughs> an audience that d- generally doesn't read this stuff? Like, uh, yeah, it's uh. it's like a super intimate hug he gives Dio's mm-hmm. head. Uh, but you know, jo- JoJo's uh, many layers of sacrifice mm-hmm. work out. Uh, the ship explodes, and his wife and this this baby survive inside the the reinforced casket, using it as as their lifeboat sailing mm. on to america so so now Irina gets some some of the last words uh her her own narration where she confirms not only does she have a baby she's going to have a baby she got yes. wedding night pregnant yep because of course she did uh-huh so now we got two potential <laughs> new characters maybe what a special hero boy <laughs> yep had sex one time and he's gonna be a dad oh uh, yeah but uh yeah, the ship has exploded. It's 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 sunk down to the depths. Uh, Dio and and Jonathan are both just sinking to the bottom of the the ocean, and they're they're dead. And it's just Arena and these two babies, mm-hmm. and that is the end of part one of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. 
Jonathan fucking dies. I wonder if the adopted kid will turn out to be evil when it grows up. Whoa. Whoa. Who could have seen it coming? <laughs> but uh, we, we, we get sort of a farewell to the part with the, the sky fills up with floating head images of all of the characters we've come to know and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, first is Danny, obviously. <laughs> yes, it's Danny. I, at first, I was thinking like, oh, does this go in the order of deaths? It doesn't. No, not all the people up there are even dead. Yeah. The first time I, I watched this, because I, I went into JoJo not knowing a ton, but did know that, like, hey, this is like a generational story with, you know, multiple protagonists of the same bloodline and all of that. But I wasn't expecting the first protagonist to fucking eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just, be, you know, like, they, he after gets old. One, after only one bizarre adventure, frankly. Yeah. I mean, it's in the title. It's not plural. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. There's yes. no S on the end. <laughs> yeah. He gets one. He gets one. Yeah, it was slightly shocking to me that Jonathan just fucking eats it nine episodes into the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one of the things that like made JoJo kind of different when it first came out, like when it was a, a, a weekly manga and like Shonen Jump or whatever, was that it was kind of like you weren't supposed to kill your protagonists in Shonen mm-hmm. Jump. You weren't really like, not quite a, like disallowed from doing that, but it was just like, don't. Don't do that. But uh, yeah, like very early on, killing the first protagonist. We're trying to sell that guy. You can't kill that guy. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, But that made it kind of like stand out from the other stuff going like, fucking check this shit out. (laughs) He fucking dies. Fucking dies. Uh, But that's not the end of the episode. There is sort of a a stinger teaser for Uh part two where we zoom through this Aztec tunnel that becomes very like Geiger. It, yeah. it becomes like the the uh, relic from Alien, basically, but mm-hmm. in in stone instead of whatever that shit from Alien's made of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and there's a there's a thing there's a figure of a person. What? Yeah, there's a big like stone pillar or or, or column in this like chamber at the in the end of this ruin of this temple or whatever. And they, yeah, there's just like a, a stone carving of some dude with crazy metals hair. Uh, just carved into it. And that's where yeah. it ends off, to be continued. And I'm sure we're going to learn all about that next time in part two. Oh, yeah. Well, I say next time, but next time we're actually going to talk about uh, uh, part one as as a whole, mm-hmm. seeing it as a complete, now tied off with a bow thing. Uh, but before we move on to watching uh, uh, part two. But yeah. uh, I guess we can talk a little bit before that about our uh, uh, thoughts on this specific part of part one, mm-hmm. uh, episode seven through nine. I really like episode nine. Part part. Just thinking back to my my f- first watch, it's a much JoJo. more satisfying final confrontation than yes. episode eight. Yeah, like when I was watching it for the first time, and like Dio gets defeated in episode eight, I was just like, okay, well, I mean, that was kind of it was kind of a fun battle, like you know some of Dio's new powers happening, like getting split in half and like just reassembling himself and, you know, the, the trick of setting his fist on fire, that stuff was all like satisfying, but it didn't feel climactic. And I thought that was weird, but yeah, then once you hit episode nine and it's, it's a lot more satisfying that way. And also like a Dio uh, pulling out all of the tricks and Jojo finding a way to resist on the edge of death. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a much more like satisfying conclusion to like the Jonathan Dio relationship i guess i i think it's a more interesting ending than just jonathan beat dio mm-hmm. like they they go down together yeah 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 
I, I before we even started doing the first episode of this podcast, I think I remember telling you, uh, I'm curious if you could find like any themes or get any read on JoJo because I have a hard time <laughs> with it because it's just fucking crazy. And, and also mm-hmm. because like because it was a weekly manga, the story and ideas are frequently getting changed or, you know, being written, you know, it's just flying by the seat of its pants, especially early on. You, you don't say. What's uh, Hamon do again? Uh, I don't know. It commands, <laughs> it, it, it commands snakes. It's sun breath blood that sun punches snakes blood. into a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there is one thing from part one, I think, that that is kind of a common thread through it in that in the world of Jojo, if you are trying to be a, uh, like a noble hero, like, like kind of like the, the typical shonen protagonist of the time, which Jonathan kind of is the time being the mid eighties, the mid eighties. Yeah. He is just like a strong, good hearted guy. He's a good guy, just, you know, generic good guy kind of, um, and trying to be that in the world of Jojo just gets you killed. Mm-hmm. Because like Jonathan's dad fucking literally dies by getting stabbed in the back because he was too kind, and that all of those too kind actions like led to Dio just fucking killing him. But it will earn you the world's devotion. Everybody who has yes. any nobility in their heart at all will see you as as a paragon and yep. follow you to the ends of the earth. <laughs> yeah, but it just doesn't mean you get to live and enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because Jonathan continued, like, his his dad's, like, belief of trying to be, like, the the noble, like, hero, the noble man. Uh, and he fucking dies by trying to be that, too. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the one, like, kind of consistent thing I think I found through JoJo, like, in, in part one, at least. I, I don't know how much consistent you're going to find in anything that's been running for over 30 years. I no, mean, yeah, it, it's things super change. People change their their interests change, obviously. Yeah, but at least in the early parts, I, I there's a lot to say about the immutability of fate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've got a death prophecy and two people going down together because they could not. One could not find a way to to uh, defeat the other one and still live. Yeah. And, and just being born into a noble family, there's a sense in which Jojo's life was planned out mm-hmm. uh, uh, as soon as he was born. Not necessarily the, the way uh, the, the people living in his country town thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fate had different plans, but fate had plans. Mm-hmm. I, I like the weird... I don't know if I'd say like, but I, I enjoy that this episode introduces Father Sticks and then kills him 10 minutes later. <laughs> He gets named in everything. It seems like he might be important. It's just like, mm-hmm. no, he's just the first guy that gets to Dio's casket. <laughs> you know what's good against vampires? Priests. No, actually, they're not. Uh, they're no. not good. That's, their heads that's just wrong. Get, their heads just get exploded by booby-trapped jewels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of holding off. I, I do have more thoughts, but mm-hmm. I want to put them in context of the whole uh, uh, part of part one. So I think I'm, sure. I'm just going to set those notes aside for next week. And thank you all for joining us once again. This has been Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. Uh, Frog Mischief. Frog Mischief. (laughs) Beheading Buddies. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And uh, uh, please uh, give us a a rating interview, why don't you? I'm sure those are available to be had by now, now that we've been running for three weeks. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just hey, re- reach out to us uh, on social media or whatever to, to find 
So, so we know what you're thinking, what, what uh, you're enjoying, what you do and don't agree with about uh, uh, what we're saying. Because mm-hmm. I'd love to make this, I mean, this is obviously a conversation between two people, but I'd love to open that up uh, a bit wider with the world. Yeah, totally. So uh, once again, thank you, and we will be ba- and we will be back next time uh, talking about uh, part one as a whole. Mm-hmm. Bye. All right. See you.